0: guys, welcome back to the Road to Mash podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm in Dong. 108 days until the 2020 season begins.
1: Yeah, I mean, we say it always, time is actually flying by uh, some way and somehow. Um, yeah. We have, we have a, lot of, a lot of draft news, like we said, a lot of big names making decisions like we predicted. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the main topic of today. But regardless, we have a ton of good news today and should be a lot of fun
0: mm-hmm and also the nba is coming back i've seen a couple of scrimmages already um baseball's back that'll, that'll, that'll do for now
1: yeah our our uh our boston Celtics did not do uh very well yesterday against the thunder
0: no not at all
1: so uh i mean i got faith in them so hopefully they'll do they'll do better i mean it's just the first scrimmage i mean obviously coming back from everything it's gonna be a tough transition but uh yeah, I mean, hopefully the Celtics do something because it's the only Boston team really have right now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, without further ado, let's kick things off with some breaking news. Uh, 2023 five-star recruit Mikey Williams, he has cut his list to 10 schools. Um, he will be choosing between North Carolina Central, Tennessee State, Alabama State, Hampton, Texas Southern, Kansas, San Diego State, USC, Memphis, and Arizona State. Uh, he's a six-two uh, guard. And he's already a very hyped-around prospect. I mean, we've seen him all over the news and all social media already. And in his list, he has five historic black colleges and universities. Um, He he tweeted uh, a couple months ago, it wouldn't be bad to go to one of these schools. And uh, obviously, with McCurr leading the way, going to Howard, uh, definitely opened the door for Mikey Williams here. And um, with that being said, do you think he'll stick to his word here, or do you think he will go elsewhere and choose a Power 5 team?
0: I think he's sticking to his word here. He's hinted many, many times that he wants to go to a historically bad college and university. So I'm guessing he sticks with this word 100%. Yeah, I d-
1: definitely agree with you here. Um, I think he will go to one of these schools, and I believe he will also reclass. Um, I know he's a grade behind, and I think he's going to reclass up one grade. So it'll be in the 2022 class. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I pretty much saying this because he already cut his list to 10, and Usually when you're in, uh, you're going into your sophomore year, you usually don't make your list until end of junior year, middle of junior year, or even, even their senior year sometimes. So, um, yeah, I definitely think he's going to reclass here. So it'll be, it'll be in 2022 class. So it would be a rising junior if you were to do so, but I don't think he'll do so until um, this upcoming next year. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have to, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that, but I, I definitely think he's going to go to a, historic black in college, university. All right, uh, next piece of news is 2021 four-star recruit Jordan long, Longino. Uh, he's committed to Villanova. Uh, he's a 6'5 guard. He fits the long line of Villanova recruits. Uh, pretty tall, pretty athletic, can shoot the ball. I mean, that's pretty much what Villanova goes for it, uh, with these past couple of recruits. Um, he will be joining Trey Patterson, and uh, Villanova moves into third for class rankings in 2021. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news?
0: yeah um, huge get for villanova, like you said top top three now in the 2021 recruiting class rankings um this season for villanova so this is basically their year um expect 2021 to be there's going to be a huge roster turnaround for them and just they're bringing in more talent with all the all the experienced guys graduating or probably declaring for the draft this after this season.
1: Yeah, I definitely grew through there. Um, Villanova's gonna be a very different team two years from now. I mean, like you said, they got their main core right now, and this will probably be their last year together. And then, like you said, most of those guys are probably gonna go to the draft. I mean, I w- I wouldn't blame them. I think Villanova's gonna be a very good season, and all those guys could probably go to the draft somewhere somehow. And uh, I mean, it's just gonna be next next man up mentality, I guess. And uh, this 2021 class is gonna be that next team up, I guess. So. Yeah, I mean, this is a good gift for them. Moving the third for the class rankings. I know, like like we said a couple of episodes ago, uh, class rankings can't really determine anything as of right now because so many guys really haven't made their decisions yet. But uh, just getting an early start is always good because, like the trickle effects, you can get so hopefully some other guys to come join you if you already have uh, some guys already committed there. So we'll definitely probably see a Villanova in this case, but this is just good for them already being in the top three. All right. Uh, next piece is uh, 2021 four-star recruit Malachi Branham has uh, committed to Ohio State. Uh, he's a top 30 prospect, 6 four combo guard. Uh, he's he's uh, staying close to home. He's originally from Akron, Ohio. Uh, this is Ohio State's first major recruit for 2021. They don't only really have anyone joining him as of right now. And um, with that being said, do you think the future is bright in Ohio State?
0: Uh, yeah, I, for now. But it depends on uh, the other Big Ten teams because. Big Ten is probably the most competitive conference for for right now, and there's still a lot of recruits. And, yeah, and Michigan State is, seems a front runner for 2021. Yeah,
1: uh, I definitely agree with you there. Michigan State, and even Michigan, they already have very good classes for 2021. And uh, even Northwestern, you could say, they have, they have a lot of good pieces as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be very interesting to see uh, Ohio State. I mean, they've gotten some good prospects in the past, and I don't know if they'll be able to keep that up. I mean, it's going to be very hard to compete with Michigan State already, even though they don't really have, like, too many people yet on their uh, prospects, like, in the class of 2021. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if they get a couple more guys, they can be a decent team like they usually are in the Big Ten. But if this is the only guy they get, I think they might have some struggles in the near future. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And final piece of breaking news is twenty twenty one five star recruit Matthew Cleveland has committed to Florida State. Uh he's a six six shooting guard. Uh he is I think I believe he is a top five shooting guard in the entire class of twenty twenty one. Uh he will be joining four star recruit, Bryce McGowans. And Florida State moves into seventh for the class rankings for twenty twenty one. Uh if you're Leonard Hampton right now, uh is this is this just a huge get for you, getting a big big name prospect here?
0: Yeah it's it's crazy for Leonard Hamilton I think he's probably one of the most underrated recruiters in all of college basketball um he got Scotty Lewis last year who's who's a top who's top five in the nation and so Leonard Hamilton just keeps surprising a lot of people by getting five-star recruits
1: yeah um yeah I'm excited to see what Scotty Lewis does at Florida State this upcoming season and uh if he decides to go one and done, I mean, they got Matthew Cleveland coming in. But if he decides to stay in a year, then uh, both of those guys will be teaming up together. And uh, that can be a pretty dangerous team for Florida State in the near future. And just for Leonard Hamilton, it just expands his bench and depth even more. I mean, you got you got a decent couple guys coming in for 2021. And then at most of the course days from this upcoming season, then, yeah, you're, you're going to probably be a deeper team. And. I mean, he always is a deep team, and he'll just be even deeper. So, uh, yeah, I see good things for Florida State in the near future. But uh, if Scotty Lewis decides to stay uh, two years and then play with Cleveland, I think that team can definitely be uh, a top a top two team in the ACC. I don't know about top team yet, but I think they can definitely
0: be a top two team. Yeah. Um, next, we got some NBA draft decisions. Um, as we said, a ton of a ton of big name decisions have been made. Um, We'll be covering some of the big ones today and we'll be up during the deadline, which is August 2nd. Um, So returners. um, First, we have a a trio of Missouri players. First one is Jeremiah Tilman. He'll be returning for his senior year. Averaged eight points, four and a half rebounds, one block this past season. He's a projected starter. Only played 17 games due to injury last year. Um, The second one, Mitchell Smith. He'll be also returning for his senior season. Five points, five rebounds this past season, another projected starter for Missouri next season. And the last one, Xavier Pinson, he'll be returning for his junior season. 11 points, three rebounds, and an assisted past season. Um, Probably gonna be Missouri's top option. Um, With the return of these three, um, do you think Missouri will be out of the bottom five in the SEC?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's very very hard to predict. I mean, SEC is one of those Tough conferences to predict as of right now, but uh if I'm being honest, I'd I i do not know if they have enough to still be out of the bottom five. I mean, sure they bring back Pinson, who's their top option, they bring back Smith and Tillman, who are still pretty decent role play I mean, starters. I mean, they were they were really they weren't really starters uh, this past season. They're more so role players, but they're definitely gonna be starters this upcoming season. Um I don't, know. I don't know if they're going to be out of the top uh, bottom five. I mean, what we've seen what happened with the SEC. They just got a lot better. Every single team got better somewhere or somehow. So as of right now, I'm going to say no. They will not get out of the top bottom five. But um, if, if, some, if something else happens and they get a big name transfer, just get any transfer, that can definitely help them out. I think they might be able to move towards the middle of the pack. But as of right now, I'm going to say no. They will not get out of the bottom five.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the SEC just got a lot better. Um, Missouri didn't really change much. They did get Drew Buggs from Hawaii as a transfer, um, but that's, that's it. Um, I think even though they will be in the bottom five, I think they'll be in the top of that bottom five, and that's probably going to be good enough for a bubble, for some bubble conversation, if you ask me, just because that's how low the SEC is this year. Yeah,
1: I definitely agree with you there. I I definitely think they're towards the uh, top half of that bottom five, and they can definitely move up to the middle of the pack. I don't see them being in the top half at all. But like you said, I think it's going to be a very uh, well-rounded SEC conference this year, and a lot of different teams are going to be in bubble conversation, such as what the Big Ten was this past season. And, um, yeah, I mean, Missouri still has a ton of good pieces on this team. But I just think the SEC got a lot better, that Missouri might be overlooked. So, in and, and and that aspect, I think they could definitely be a dark horse in the SEC and surprise a lot of teams um, with, with just these three guys returning. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, I'm going to say bottom five, but they're definitely towards that top half of the bottom five. All right, uh, next uh, returner we have is Chris Vogt uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, will be returning for his senior season. Uh, average 11 points a game, six rebounds a game, one and a half blocks per game this past season. Uh, definitely going to be a starter for Cincinnati again. Um, this is a very big uh, threat for Houston. Uh, no pun intended because he is 7'1". And you, you know what happened with Houston. They got all guards starting. So um, the Amer- American Conference just keeps getting better. I mean, uh, with, the, with this being said, do you think Cincinnati is going to be a sleeper team in the American Conference?
0: Yeah, um, they're still waiting. Keith Williams' decision. But uh, I definitely think they're they're probably top five nonetheless. Um, Chris Fogg is a very big returner for them. I think he has a chance to be a first-team conference player. And, yeah, um, Cincinnati's probably going to be in the bubble conversation once again, like last year.
1: Yeah, um, Cincinnati's going to be a very different team next year. I mean, they lose Cumberland, who is probably their best player. And, uh, I mean, it's just going to be a pretty different team. Um, They're going to need someone to step up and be that top option. and Chris Vogt's going to be there. He's he's definitely going to be one of the top options and one of the best players on this team next season. And But that being said, I just think it awaits on what Keith Williams does. If he decides to come back, I think Cincinnati will be top five team like usual. If not, uh, I would have my doubts uh, on them being a top five team in the American. I think some teams will definitely overpass them if he decides to go to the draft. But uh, regardless, still going to be in the bubble. I think... Like, a lot of American teams are going to be fighting for the bubble, and I think this is nice. Still going to be one of them, uh, regardless of what Keith Williams does with his decision.
0: hmm um, Next, our our first probably big name, Isaiah Miller of UNC Greensboro. He returned for a senior season, averaged 18 points, five rebounds, and three steals this past season. He's definitely the choice for SoCon uh, preseason player of the year. Um, he won the player of the year last year and he won the defensive player of the year last year. Um, he would definitely have an impact on UNC Greensboro as their as their top player. Um, do you think UNC Greensboro um, will be the top dogs in the SOCON this year?
1: Yeah. Um, with the return of Isaiah Miller, I definitely think they're going to be. I mean, we've just seen a couple teams in the SOCON just lose out on all their guys. I mean, East Tennessee State, they're not going to have that many guys coming back next season. And then. Furman, they, they lost out on a couple guys as well. And UNC Greensboro, they didn't really lose as much as some of these other SOCON teams. And with Isaiah Miller coming back, I think they're automatically going to be the top team uh, because he's he's the best player in that conference by far uh, now that some of these other guys are gone. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just think his impact's huge. And with that, uh, his impact's going to uh, make them the top dogs in the SOCON this, this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of the best two-way players in the country. I would say, um, like I said, he won he won the Player of the Year and he won the Defensive Player of the Year. And U.S.C. Greensboro, I think I think they're gonna be one of the top mid-majors. They're definitely gonna win the SoCon. I I only see Furman as the only threat to them. And even if they don't win their conference tournament, I think they they're good enough to get it at large bid.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I mean. That, that could impact, I mean, if they don't have non-conference play, that that, that definitely could impact their um, uh, bid. Like, if they, they could probably not get a bid if they don't play their non-conference games. So, I think we'll have to wait and see on that. But regardless, I think they're definitely going to win the SOCON. And if they didn't, I think that would be a very interesting debate because you see their team, you see they're talented, but if they don't have any non-conference games uh, and they don't win the SOCON, that could be a very interesting story. And will they get a tournament bid or not? I don't know, because that would that would be something very interesting to debate about. Mm-hmm. Do you think Do you think they would make the tournament if
0: they did not win the SoCon and had no non commerce games? Uh, it's pretty tough. Um, the way the SoCon's been playing the past two years, they probably would, but with with all the all all the talent leaving the SoCon, I don't know.
1: Yeah. That'd be that'd be very interesting to see. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what they decide to do with non-conference games and even the season. So if they don't have non-conference games, that could be a very interesting debate if they do not win the SoCon. But that's just if they don't win it because I think they're probably going to win it. So it's not going to really matter. But that would be pretty cool debate about it. But, I mean, well, again, we're going to have to see what happens if they actually have those non-conference games. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, with some returns coming, we also have some big name departures. And uh, the first one here is a very shocking one. Uh, we found this out right after we finished our last episode, and uh, that is going to be Philip Petrušev at a Gonzaga. Uh, he will be signing with uh, Euro League team Mega Baymax for this upcoming season. Uh, this seems very close to his hometown, um, so he's deciding to go back there. Uh, this is a very late and shocking decision for all of the NCAA, I believe. Um, average 17 and a half points a game, eight rebounds a game, one block a game this past season. Uh, he finished on the All-American third team as well this past season. And um, obviously not going to be eligible to have his final two seasons for the NCAA. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he was probably going to be an All-American again this upcoming season. And, and, yeah, I mean, all that's pretty much gone. And uh, this is very interesting news for the NCAA as a whole. And with that being said, do you think Gonzaga will still remain a top five team in your eyes?
0: Uh, as of right now, um, you're gonna have to wait till episode forty. But I can tell you, they will drop a lot. And as for Gonzaga, um, I, they're still the top team in the West Coast Conference. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm believing BYU will will steal a game from them.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna drop them a couple spots as well. I'm mean, gonna have to wait till episode forty to see where we actually put them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think BYU has a much better chance at stealing a game from Gonzaga, and, and I think that I think that window is uh, a lot closer and a lot more closed uh, with BYU and Gonzaga losing out on protrusive here. And I think the, I think Gonzaga is still the top team in the West Coast Conference, but I don't think it's it's by that large as we thought. Uh, I think BYU is going to shock a lot of teams, and they're going to be a very good team competing with Gonzaga next season. And, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for them. I mean, I really want them to win West Coast Conference, but uh, how how far they will do that, I'm not really sure, because Gonzaga still has pretty much everyone on their team, and they're still going to be a very good team regardless with the loss of Petrusev.
0: Yeah, um, Petrusev's probably going to be my pick for the Conference Player of the Year now. Um, He's gone. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't know who you'd pick
0: now. I mean,
1: you might have to go to a different team other than Gonzaga here. So uh, I don't, I don't really know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so last departure, we have Benson Lynn of Bryant. He has decided to play professional basketball overseas in China. Um, this is a very interesting fact. First time in NEC Northeast Conference history, a player is going one and done. Um, he averaged. Eight point five points, two rebounds, and an assist this past season. Six four guard from Taiwan. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I just thought this was a very interesting decision, uh, deciding to go one and done, playing professionally overseas. Um, does he have the stats for it? Uh, no, I mean his stats weren't that good, and the north. Let's be honest, the Northeast Conference is not the greatest of conferences when you just look at all the other great conferences in the NCAA. So um, if I were him, I'd probably would have stayed his four years at Bryant or transferred out and went to a different team. Uh, I think he should have played a couple more years before going professionally overseas because let's be honest, I don't think he has the experience right now to play overseas. I think he needs a lot more experience in the college basketball realm before going overseas to China. So, uh, this is, this is a similar situation to the uh, Marquette guy who was a sophomore and he, he skipped his final two years. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I remember talking about him. And uh, with that, I don't think this is the right decision. I think he should have stayed at Brian.
0: Yeah, well, this is very interesting. Um, I think he's doing this so he can be closer to his, to his family in Taiwan. And you know, can't go wrong with making, making money. And when you play in the Northeast Conference, Um, I feel like making money playing basketball is is pretty rare in the Northeast Conference.
1: Yeah I think it's definitely very rare and um, just going closer to home is probably what he's going to do here. Um, I mean obviously it's it's tough because you have to make a decision and he obviously chose to go back home and try and get some money over China. But if that doesn't work out for him then I don't know where he goes next because I mean, if China doesn't sign him, I don't know where he'd go. I mean, he'd probably have to find something else. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really know if this is the right decision, but obviously he wants to stay closer to home, so I can definitely respect that decision. And, yeah, and that's, it the thing
0: about, that's the thing about leaving college early is that if basketball doesn't work out, then you don't you don't have your degree, and you're going to have to go back and get it. It's just a hassle, it seems like. Yeah, and – uh
1: Always the right decision for him, and wish him all the best going overseas to China. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about him. All right, uh, next topic we have is coaches' extensions. Uh, as of recently, two coaches have recently gotten uh, multi-year extensions through the 2025-2026 season, and we'll be covering those two right now. Um, first one we have is D- Damon uh, out of the Pacific head coach. Uh, he's granted a five-year extension with the program. Uh, Pacific was a sleeper team. We surprised a lot of people this past season. Uh, We put them in teams that exceeded their expectations, and and one of the first episodes we ever did, actually. Um, Pacific definitely going to be a more well-rounded team uh, next year. I know they've gained a lot of transfers and prospects uh, coming in for this upcoming season. Uh, Nigel Shad, one of those transfers, he's been granted a waiver uh, to be eligible to play this season. He's a Kansas State transfer. Um, And With that being said, do you think Pacific will have a much better season in the West Coast Conference next year?
0: Uh, I think they'll still be in the same spot as they were last year, um, top five. Um, They were probably projected one of the bottom teams last year, ended up top five. Um, Damon Stenemeyer's done a terrific job at Pacific. He's definitely earned his extension here.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, If they have a couple good years, I mean, being in top five, I think Pacific is going to be – a much more respected team. I mean, we saw that they were projected probably bottom, bottom two, or even the bottom team in the West Coast Conference this past season, and uh, they surprised everyone. I mean, they finished. I think they finished four not in the top five. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think if they maintain this for a couple more seasons, I think, I think Sautermeier might get recognition for a higher major uh, school, and I think he can definitely move up in those ranks as a college head coach. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's done a good job at Pacific already and I expect him to do a lot of more good things in in these five years he has.
0: Next coach, Andy of Robert Morris. He was given a five-year extension with the program. Robert Morris has seen a lot of success in the Northeast Conference the past couple years, Um, but they have switched conferences and will be making their debut in the Horizon League this upcoming season. Returning lots of key guys from this past season, will Robert Morris see success in the new conference?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean... I think, I think I said they would be in the middle of the pack in the Horizon their first year. And uh, obviously, it's going to be a difficult transition. I mean, Horizon's probably a better competition uh, than the Northeast Conference, if you ask me. But uh, I think Wright State's going to be that team that they need to try and beat. I mean, they've been dominant in the Horizon League for the past five or so years. And uh, a couple of teams uh, lose out on a lot of guys, Green Bay, for example just pretty much dismantled their team and they're they were one of the top three teams in the conference so I think Robert Morris will be in the middle of the pack maybe towards the top of the pack but uh, regardless it's gonna be a difficult transition but uh any two will definitely get in the contract extension he deserves right here
0: yeah um for Robert Morris I've seen him as a as a top five team I think the Horizon League's lost a lot outside of Northern Kentucky and Wright State and I think the, the windows open for Robert Morris to to immediately make an impact in the Horizon League.
1: Yeah, and um, Andy Tools has brought Robert Morris to back-to-back NIT uh, tournaments, and they've won both of those games, the first round in the tournament, so uh, maybe he's looking for a three-peat for an NIC uh, tournament win, but uh, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens at the season and even if they have the NIT tournament this upcoming season. All right, and the final topic we have is transfers um, yeah, transfer portal is pretty much almost done. I mean, we only have two big names making their decisions as of right now. Uh, the first one's a very big surprise for a lot of people, and uh, that one is going to be Adam Kukel uh, out of Belmont. Uh, he's averaged 16 points a game, three rebounds a game, two and a half assists per game, and he shot 39% from three this past season. Uh, he's probably going to have to sit one, but he does that two years remaining. Wouldn't be surprised if he tried to get a waiver. And wouldn't be surprised if he got a waiver, considering he started and played in every single game for Belmont this past season. Um, I've heard rumors that he's expected to make his decision relatively soon. However, I have no current intel on where he might end up. Uh, Do do you have any intel on where he might go?
0: No, but he's definitely going to the high major ranks. Definitely.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, with that being said, uh, what are your thoughts on where he
0: might go? Um, He is... From Cincinnati, um, I expect them to go back home to Cincinnati or Xavier, one of those two. And as for uh, Belmont, this is, this is a tough loss. Adam Kunko was definitely their their best player. Um, I think they will drop a few. They're still going to be in the top five because Casey Alexander is just too talented of a coach not to let them drop down below that. And Austin Pay's is definitely the front runner now.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely agree with you there. I hope he goes to Cincinnati because they just need a guy like him to just step in the role and be a shooter on that team. I mean, they lost out on a lot of guys, like we said earlier, and uh, I just think he can make an impact for this team right away or even in two seasons from now if he's not eligible to play. Uh, And for Belmont, like you said, this is just a huge loss, losing their top scorer here. Uh, I definitely see them in the top five still in the Ohio Valley Conference, like you said. But I just think Austin Pay is that top team now, and it's pretty much clear-cut clear cut, and easy to be seen now. So uh, who knows? Maybe Belmont might sneak in and get a bid somehow. But uh, as of right now, I just think Austin Pay is going to win the Ohio
0: Valley Conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, last player for today, we have Don Carey of Siena. He's committed to Georgetown, 11.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists past season. He's a grad transfer with two years remaining, immediately eligible. Georgetown finally bringing someone in rather than out. Um, will this will this help them at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I just think anything helps for Georgetown. I mean, they've lost out on so much. We talked about it last episode. Um, they lost out on at least five guys who all left Georgetown, and uh, just bringing someone in is good for the culture and just for the team in general. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'll probably uh, be a sixth man, seventh man on this team. I don't think he'll start right away. But regardless, just getting someone on this team is good for them. And uh maybe the trickle effect will happen and maybe some other guys or a great chancellor left in the portal might make the decision to go to Georgetown. But uh yeah, I mean I think just getting one guy's good for Georgetown, but uh I still don't know where they stand in the uh big east if you ask me.
0: Yeah, um I feel like they're towards the bottom. Uh I don't know where. Probably probably considering as as the that's the worst team in the Big East, um, along with DePaul and Butler. But we'll see once we get there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's for every conference, I think it's just really hard to predict as of right now because things just still aren't finalized. Because if, if we were making our decision about the Ohio Valley Conference, right, like a couple of days ago, we'd have Belmont as a top one or two team in the Ohio Valley Conference, and then boom, they lose their top score. And then you have to drop them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it's really hard to predict everything right now, just in every single conference. And uh, that's that's the exciting thing about college basketball because you don't know what's going to happen at all. And it's really hard to predict where teams might end up because you see something like Florida last year. They were projected a Final Four team. They were that when the SEC, and they finished fourth or fifth in the SEC this past season. So uh, I just, that, that's something I really enjoy about college basketball because, you can never predict anything and then even look at March Madness tournaments that's where all the fun happens and you can't predict anything at all in March Madness so um, yeah I mean
0: yeah it's pretty much all I'd say yeah and what's crazy is that we're seeing we're still seeing big name transfers um, making their decisions and it's it's July 25th and I, I don't really see I don't normally we don't normally see like big name transfers still in the portal just in July 25th most of them make it like before July, if, if
1: anything. Yeah,
0: because you have workouts. The workouts have already started for these teams.
1: And you're just missing out on time working out with your team. And if you don't have a team right now, you're just missing out on valuable time with your team pretty much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if yeah, I mean, we don't see this happening in July. This would be happening towards the end of the actual Martianas tournament, like in April or May. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to see all these things happening in July. I mean, sure, it might have to do with uh, COVID-19, but I don't know. I mean, I just think part of it is, but just part of it isn't because we've seen so many transfers in this portal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more big names, uh, relatively big names, actually decided to transfer out as well in these next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, and like I said, July 25th is still – big-name guys to talk about, like Philip for just, like, shocking decisions and big-name players. It's like crazy how on July 25th um, there's still a lot of things to talk about.
1: Yeah, and that's just the beauty of college basketball. I mean, very excited for the season to hopefully start. I mean, we still don't know anything about what might happen, but just really anxious and eager to find out what will happen. But uh, yeah, regardless, uh, thank you guys for watching as always. And hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, it's always March. It's always March, baby.